Today's podcast session is supported by Uphill. So if you ask a therapist who's doing clinical work what the bane of their existence is, usually progress notes are in the top one to two. I'm not naming any names, but when I was doing clinical work, I remember I had several colleagues who would get so backed up on clinical notes, so they would end up spending their nights and weekends trying just to catch up. Honestly, who wants to do that? And this is where Appeal comes in. Appeal is AI-powered case notes. Now, I know for many of us, when we hear the word AI, we're, there's like a natural skepticism. And honestly, I had that skepticism as well until I got to meet with the Appeal team and learn about some of the many ways that they are doing this in a way that is HIPAA compliant and also doesn't sell data to anyone and also protects our clients as well. You can learn more about Uphill and the awesome work that they're doing in the world uh, by going to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Uphill. And Uphill is uh, spelled U-P and then H-E-A-L, all one word. And at checkout, be sure to enter the promo code COUCH25, C-O-U-C-H, and the number 25 to get 25% off your Uphill plan for the first two months. Hey friend, I hope that you're having a fantastic day. So I've been podcasting since 2015, which I guess technically makes me a dinosaur in the world of podcasting. But during that time, I've thought a lot about YouTube and whether I should be creating separate content on YouTube or just repurposing these podcast episodes onto YouTube. And after a lot of thinking and uh, a lot of online courses and a lot of coaching and all of that kind of stuff and kind of obsessively and nerdily studying YouTube, I decided to finally take the leap next year in 2024 into YouTube. This year, I've actually been just running a bunch of different experiments, doing things from creating shorts all the way to creating edited videos mainly to just get a, a flow on things and just figure out, is this sustainable? Is this sustainable for the season of life I'm in, especially with a young daughter? All of those kind of things. And today I wanted to share some behind the scenes things that went into this decision and what, and maybe some of the things for you to consider if you are thinking about going into YouTube, especially if you're a current or aspiring therapist podcaster. Before we jump in, I wanted to actually just share kind of two real stories. The first thing is I've struggled with my self-image for many years. I remember even just as early as maybe fifth or sixth grade, really struggling with it. A lot of it is centered on two things. So one is like how I physically look. And the second thing is actually related to my weight decisions about like doing things like YouTube are rarely about just the tech or the strategy. For me, what I found is it's usually the fears that we have around starting a podcast or starting YouTube are usually rooted in some sort of trauma or feeling unseen or things that we have been told would happen if we chose to show up as we are versus what we were supposed to be. So just Again, two quick stories on this. Growing up in Texas, there used to be this store called Montgomery Ward. This was in 
like the 90s, I would say, late 80s, 90s. It was kind of like a cross between a Best Buy and a Macy's, so clothes, but also electronics and TVs and all of that stuff. I guess a Sears, maybe, although I don't know how many of those are around anymore. Growing up, I'd always been skinny, and but in middle school, when I just started hit puberty, I, my body started to change. I remember being in Montgomery Ward and having to shop in what they call the Husky section. First of all, I don't know why you would even call a section like that, but I remember hating just how my body was changing and I hated putting on these like Husky jeans and because I knew that I would be teased at school and then on top of that, I started getting like severe acne on my face and on my cheeks like here and here and here And it was, you know, I think it was around probably around 13 or 14 years old. I was doing all sorts of these home treatments from like homeopathic stuff to, you know, more like mainstream stuff, right? That stuff we were seeing on commercials, all of this stuff to try to deal with this acne. But it just never seemed to go away. And I became just so self-conscious about it. And I wondered... I was attractive or I would be liked or I would have friends, all of these kind of things. And truth be told, as a podcaster, there's something really comfortable about podcasting being a audio-only medium. I don't have to show up on video and almost but almost any time that I have, everyone's been really encouraging and telling me to do more and more video. And so I've kept, plus I keep thinking about myself as a podcast listener. I love seeing my favorite podcasters on video. There's something that connects me deeper with them when I do see them on video. And I've noticed something really interesting with myself. So as you probably know, I try to grab a two and a half to three mile hike seven days a week. And on those hikes, what I often find myself is listening to either a book or talking to someone or listening to a YouTube video. And recently, I've noticed that I am listening to a lot more podcasts on YouTube, i.e. they're podcast conversations, but I'm listening just to the audio of them and I have my phone in my pocket. And then if there's some moment where I'm like, where they pop up a graphic or there's some expression that's happening, some nonverbal expression, I usually pull pull out my phone and, and kind of engage with it. And if there's like an interesting graphic or something, I'll take a screenshot of it that I can use later. So I started to think about my own pattern. And many of these podcasts are 45, 50, over an hour long. And I find myself listening to them And I just started to think, hey, maybe there's other people like me. And uh, if anything, this would be a really interesting experiment. Today, I wanted to share just some of the things that I am thinking through as we are starting this journey on YouTube. So number one is YouTube is going big on podcasts. And big is probably not even a big enough word. They're going huge on podcasts. So earlier in 2023, YouTube made a huge announcement that they are going to be supporting both podcasters. So they started actually investing money and giving money to podcasters that were only doing audio only podcasts in order to encourage them to 
to basically create videos and edit those videos. I don't know how to get my hands off some of that money, but that would be awesome. But the other thing is, if you actually look on your YouTube app, on your phone or on your on your tablet, and there's actually now a podcast section. So as a YouTube creator, when you upload a video, you can actually now check off this thing that it's a podcast, which is really interesting. And the other thing I've noticed is a lot of these big creators who were YouTube creators are now creating podcasts and they're posting those interviews onto YouTube. So when I'm like kind of looking at the overall trends of all of this, I'm like with YouTube going big on podcasts, existing YouTubers doing podcasting, I'm like, it seems like a really good time to jump in. There's always a part of me, I'm like, man, am I like too late to the game? And it's something that I struggled with with podcasting for a number of years. And honestly, it I didn't launch the pod, the STC podcast until March of 2015. And about I had the idea about six months prior, and about three of those months were convincing myself that I wasn't too late to podcasting. And so this is a struggle that I felt. I know that a lot of us have felt like, man, am I too late to insert social media platform? I don't think I'm, we're too late on this. I, I suspect with this jump, with YouTube's jump into podcasting, I do genuinely feel like we're at the tip of the iceberg with things. And for me personally, it's actually less about getting a whole bunch of content out on YouTube, but creating content that that lights me up. And more importantly, that's sustainable because I love doing STC. And if I have the good fortune to do this, for a number of years, that's what I'm planning on doing. And so I really want to think in long run ways. The second thing is I have a video editing team now. Editing is one of the biggest time sucks when it comes to both podcasting and YouTube. With the STC podcast, I literally tried editing everything from for the first 13 episodes. So taking out all of the ums and ahs, trying to add music, trying be the keyword because I was pretty bad at it. I had like zero background on editing except just watching a couple of YouTube videos on how to edit on Audacity. And I, with video editing, I will confidently tell you I don't know anything about video editing. It seems completely overwhelming and I'm just not at a point where I, I even have the time to expand or expand to to learn video editing. But so a few months ago, we decided to bring on a team and we're using a company called Floxy. If you go through this affiliate link, sellingthecouch.com forward slash Floxy, it can, it'll support the podcast and the blog, but otherwise just go to Floxy.com. So Floxy is spelled F-L-O-C-K-S-Y, but basically they're an agency that's based in Connecticut that has a team of graphic designers from all over the U.S., I think some also from around the world and they're graphic designers and and video editors. I did this for a couple of reasons. So one is um, I knew that we would be starting with video, and I thought this might be a good sort of strategic um, hire. The second thing is uh, Floxy actually has up to 20 seats if you get this sort of higher tier plan. So I paid $9.97 a month for this plan. And the cool thing is, because we have additional seats, all of our online course mastermind members actually get a seat in our account. 
So they're not paying the $9.97. They're just paying the membership of the, the mastermind and they're getting that $9.97 a month access, which is a pretty sweet deal. And that $9.97, to be completely honest, it's my single biggest expense uh, outside of paying my VA. But again, this year, I've just been posting more videos on YouTube. I've been posting more shorts on LinkedIn and getting Floxy to do all of that stuff. And and I've, I'm, I think in the long term, even though it is stretching my budget a little bit, I think in the long term, it'll be a really good decision. And it's, and it's help. what I'm realizing it is already a really good decision. I know that over the last couple of weeks, we've published about nine videos on YouTube, again, just to get into a flow with things. And there's some of the stuff that I have to do, like, hey, at one minute and 30 seconds, let's put a B-roll, which is basically like a behind-the-scenes video instead of me just talking. And I have to do stuff like that. But other than that, like, they go to work and they edit it and they give me the finished product and then I can, I or my VA can upload everything to YouTube. Hey there, I hope that you're enjoying today's session. If you've been listening to podcasts for a while and have had the thought of, oh my gosh, Mel, I want to launch my own podcast, just wanted to let you know that we have a free podcasting workshop that you can watch at a time and a date that's convenient for you. It's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. It basically has many of the lessons that I have learned being a podcaster since 2015 taking the STC podcast from an idea that literally came in the shower to working through a lot of fears around being an imposter to recently the podcast passing the 1.7 million download mark with listeners now in over 120 countries all around the world. Again, the free podcasting workshop is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. We'll get right back to today's session. So the third point I just wanted to share is YouTube is fantastic for discoverability. So this is where podcasting, I feel like they're getting better. So for example, if you generally search a podcast on Google, you will see now a section for if that person has a podcast, you'll see it show up in search. But you probably know that YouTube is owned by Google And what you may not know is Google and YouTube are the two biggest search engines in the world. There are a ton of people searching for content on YouTube. I know when I want to learn stuff that I'm usually going to YouTube versus straight Google. And podcasts, by their nature, I feel like, again, they're going to get better, but they're not great for discoverability. So for example, if I go to Apple Podcasts and I'm like, typing in keywords, I'll find definitely pull up podcast episodes and stuff, but they're just not as intuitive as YouTube is. I mean, YouTube is, this is their bread and butter, and they're just doing a fantastic job. Discoverability, basically, again, I don't want to make assumptions that just throw out these terms out there, but it basically refers to the ability of our content to be found online and in search. So if, for example, somebody that might be interested in working with you, whether it's a private practice client or someone that is interested in buying your online course, if they're searching for you, making sure that the content that you are creating shows up in that search. So because YouTube is so good for discoverability, I think at a practical level, and I'm already creating the content with these podcast episodes, doing these audio, all it really is is just turning on the video and then having everything sort of professionally edited. 
a side note on this, again, a lot of this is experimenting, but YouTube released this recent sort of thing where, and I saw it like with some CNN podcasts, where they will support like an audio only version of that podcast within the ecosystem of YouTube. I personally don't know how well that's going to do in the mainstream. What I suspect is you're going to need some sort of video component to it. The pieces that I have to experiment with is, is it okay to, for example, to do an interview, a podcast interview, and then edit that interview, make add some music, add some selective B-roll, and then kind of just post it on YouTube? Or does it have to be more of a narrative sort of storytelling? Like, I'm like, I'm doing a little bit of narrating, and then we pull up a clip from a video. That latter one seems like a lot more work. It's not something I want to do right now, but I am I am curious and, and likely will experiment with that just to see how it goes. The fourth thing is I want to lean really into what are called playlist versus feed platforms. I've been sharing this strategy in various ways in our weekly newsletter, which you can check out over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. It's absolutely free to sign up. And But if you take a step back and look at the landscape of social media, there are basically two types of platforms. There are what are known as feed type and what are known as playlist. You can probably connect the dots of what each of these mean But just again, to avoid, just make sure we're all on the same page, the best way to think about feed is whether they have what's called an infinite scroll feature, i.e. you have to keep scrolling to see content and it never ends. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn are all examples of what are called a feed type platform. The advantage of feed type platforms is that you can get really, you can get data very quickly, right? So If you post on LinkedIn or you post on Instagram, assuming you've been active, you're engaging with other accounts, right? Generally, people are going to engage back with your account pretty quickly, and you're going to be able to get some real quick feedback on it. The disadvantage of these feed type platforms is you have to keep creating content. And I don't know about you, but I'm 41 now. I In every year that I do STC, I want to be more and more thoughtful about how I'm creating a content online. I don't want to get on a content creation platform or a content creation like treadmill at all. And so what I'm leaning into is what's called playlist platforms. So I have one feed platform that I'm active on, which is LinkedIn. And all of the other stuff are what are playlist platforms. So podcasting is a playlist platform. A playlist platform is basically when somebody discovers the content, generally they're not just seeing that one episode or that one podcast interview, but they're seeing all of them. So if you look, for example, on the Selling the Couch feed for our podcast, you're going to see all of our different episodes. And what we have seen, and this is a generally a trend across the podcasting space, most people are not listening to just one piece of content from a podcast. They're likely listening to multiple episodes. So generally as business owners, right, how do people form connections and trust with us? They're going to want to spend more time with us, get to know us. And the benefit of these playlist platforms is that you, because you're creating almost multiple pieces of content and it's in a playlist type format, they're going to likely consume multiple pieces. So podcasts and YouTube are are two of the biggest ones 
that that I know. One can make the argument that blogging is a playlist as well, since it's based on SEO and search and discoverability as well. But I've decided that just with, again, with the season of life, not wanting to be on the content creation treadmill, wanting my efforts on social media to compound over time so that it becomes a passive source of both revenue and traffic is what I'm thinking a lot about. So I think this combo of LinkedIn, podcasting, and YouTube will be a really good like triumvirate because essentially content that I'm writing for LinkedIn, like our carousel posts, our carousel posts essentially serve as scripts for these videos like this. And basically then they also, I repurpose those into both audio only podcasts and then video as well. Eventually, once we hit a little bit more revenue, a little bit of a stretch right now, but I would love to bring on a like a con like an SEO blogging person who can essentially take the content that we're creating, like for example, a podcast episode, and then the same video that's on YouTube for that episode, and then the same carousel post, combine that into sort of an authoritative blog post. That way we're working sort of this four-prong system of one discovery platform in LinkedIn, and then three sort of search or playlist-based platforms with podcasting, YouTube, and blogging. The The fifth and final thing I just wanted to share is, is what I call our Walden months. I wrote about Walden months recently on LinkedIn, and folks really seem to resonate with it. I was a big fan, or I'm a big fan of Thoreau. I loved the book Walden. I remember reading it like a lot of times and just imagining how peaceful it would be to be in a place where, um, you know, just to be able to like work quietly and live in just a very sort of simple life, right? And I share that because one of my things is, this has really shifted for me. Uh, My goal is not to become YouTube famous. It's honestly to provide helpful content that serves our field Hopefully, I leave a, uh, a nice legacy and uh, also generates revenue for STC. The STC podcast, as I record this, we're really close to hitting 1.7 million downloads. And one of the things that I love is that even though that's a huge number, I'm not recognizable if I'm in public. It's mainly because I'm a pretty private person, even though I do a lot of stuff that's public facing. But I'm also thinking about like the safety and the privacy and all of that of my loved ones as well. Side note on this, there's a great Tim Ferriss article from 2020 called 11 Reasons Not to Become Famous or A Few Lessons Learned Since 2007. That article, I I came upon it like right in 2020, just probably a couple of weeks after it was published. And it just got me thinking a lot about how I wanted to build on all of these platforms And Tim gives sort of a raw and real perspective on the cost of celebrity and everything from stalkers to death threats to all of these kind of things. I have not had things to that level, but I have had sort of a stalkerish sort of situation. And I've also had sort of threats of when we've removed people from programs just because there was just 
not misalignment on multiple levels. There's just been veiled threats and stuff like that. And I'm like, you got to be really careful about stuff like this. So I don't know, how am I thinking about all of this as a podcaster going into YouTube? I think some of this will evolve as our daughter grows up. But my basic plan is six months of doing live episodes like this, live meaning that they're new episodes with the video on. So we basically have audio and with the video on. And on any given month, my I generally try to split it between 50-50. So 50% of them are interviews and 50% of them are either solo episodes or coaching calls or something like that. But so my current schedule basically looks like this. January and February, I do podcasts. I take the month of March off. Uh, April and May, again, I do podcasts. Then June, July, and August, I take off because Chloe is usually off for the summer and trying to do all of this stuff when, you know, with summer vacation, all of that stuff, at least right now, it's proving to be a little bit difficult. September and October back on, and then November and December again with Thanksgiving and the holidays taking off. So on those off months, we you may have noticed that we run replays of old podcast episodes. Now with 340 plus episodes, we have a ton of episodes. And, and so we run replays on those. But what I'm planning on doing on YouTube on those months is not necessarily post on YouTube, even though all the experts and YouTube gurus and all of these folks say that you have to post consistently on YouTube to grow again, because I want to build something towards sustainability and my goal isn't to become famous or anything like that. So the on those off months, I'm going to be doing what are called Walden months. And Walden months are a, the way I'm sort of looking at it, first of all, on those off months, I'm going to monitor my, I'm going to do an internal check of myself to gauge my stress levels, my level of burnout, and then I'm also going to ramp up my self-care. So practically for me is I go to a wellness spa on a weekly basis, at least on, I, I took a break during the summer, but my plan is with, with Chloe being off of school, because usually I was doing it on Fridays and then we switched to daddy-daughter days on on uh, Fridays. So I just couldn't get over there. But on the months that she's in school, I will ramp up my spa days. So maybe even do as many as two two of those a week. That's some combination of infrared saunas, dry floats, and using like a Normatec compression sleeve on my legs just to reduce inflammation and all of that kind of stuff. But the other thing I'll be doing is as long as I feel mentally good, I'll be doing what are called these Walden months. And Walden months are basically where I'm working on a large project, something that I just can't do without burning the midnight oil on months that I'm podcasting. So for example, this upcoming November, my Walden Month project is we're going to revamp our podcasting workshop Evergreen webinar. So it's been about two years since I last recorded it. Also, Easy Webinar, the platform that we use for our Evergreen webinars, they just switched over to a brand new platform prior. It was functional, but visually wasn't the best. But this new platform is like visually stunning. And so I'm really looking forward to that and and seeing what that's going to do. So that month in November, I'm actually going to just be working on that, revising our pre and post email sequences, considering re-recording everything, transferring everything over to this new sort of 
Easy Webinar 2.0 platform. And, and then some of the other Walden months, I'll be doing more high value like YouTube series stuff that I want to just I want to do because I love it, but it also takes a lot more time because I'm going to be shooting like B-roll with my camera. So and so I like going around and shooting behind the scenes stuff. So it's not just me talking all the time. So you're seeing stuff as I talk about it. But I also know those kind of projects will require a little bit more scripting. And so that's the plan. And I will keep you updated on how I'm thinking about this. The one thing I when I when I started the podcast, I was so confident about that I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna stick to it. But now be, becoming a dad, I realize a lot of this stuff can change. I do think this is a general framework where most of it does make sense because I have thought a lot about it and gotten some real time data. But I imagine there's probably gonna be about twenty to twenty five percent of this will get tweaked. My plan is to document my YouTube journey in our weekly newsletter. Again, you can sign up at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. It's absolutely free. And a final ask before we wrap up, if you could take a moment to follow me on YouTube, it's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash YouTube. I feel nervous and I feel scared about doing it uh, and all sorts of vulnerable and would just be so grateful for your support if you are if you've been a fan of the podcast for a long time and, and uh, yeah, sincerely appreciate you and have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the selling the couch podcast for more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to today's session. Just wanted to also let you know that we have a free email newsletter that goes out every week. You can download it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. Basically, uh, that newsletter contains some of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes with STC and also with my life and how I'm balancing and trying to balance uh, being both an entrepreneur as well as building a life around my family and my health as well. And it also contains the latest podcast episode and some of the stuff that I'm doing on LinkedIn, some of the strategies and things that are working for me. And then finally, a brand new section called On Mel's Mind, where I take a video or a book or a blog post or something like that that's inspiring me for that week. And I share how I'm implementing it both in my life and in my business. Again, you can download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash newsletter. And if you are one of the 3,700 colleagues that have been a part of the email newsletter, I so appreciate you. And uh, I'm grateful for your support. We genuinely try to make these helpful. And uh, and just based on the data and based on the feedback we're getting, it seems like we're doing a really good job. So appreciate you and uh, I hope that you have a great day.